Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. And we have two great guests in studio with us. And we'll get to both Marion McNabb and Randy McCaffrey in just a moment. But first, a reminder that this podcast is available on the iTunes network, on iHeartRadio, on Audioboom. And a video recording is available on the brand new CannabisMultimediaNetwork.com and the WeedTube Dot com. As always, our flagship station is clnsmedia.com. That's where you will find In the Weeds and all the past episodes as well. As always, this program is supported by our friends at Revolutionary Clinics, now with two locations to serve you, where the patient always comes first in Cambridge and in Somerville. They're now offering infused beverages at their locations in Massachusetts. And remember, they always have uh, educational nights on their Somerville location and now coming to Cambridge as well. To find out more about Revolutionary Clinics, log on to revolutionaryclinics.org. You can find them at 67 Broadway or 110 Fawcett Street in the Fresh Pond area of the Republic of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Right now, I do want to welcome in Marion McNabb and Randy McCaffrey uh, for coming in today. I thank you so much. Yeah. By the way, I totally understand now why it's C3RN. Yes. <laughs> it's a bit wordy. I get it. Yeah, it is a bit wordy. The, the whole thing is ca- cannabis community research. Community care and community research. Community care and research. Networks. Yep. So cannabis community care and research network. Uh, Three C's and then an RN. <laughs> Three C's and then an RN. That yeah. works well. And... Uh, Appreciate you guys coming in today. Um, we've talked in the past. We've met in the past. And I, and I really do uh, love it when people make the effort to come in because the, the sound of the studio is really paramount as far as a podcast goes. Because if you want to listen to something, you want it to make sure it sounds good. Yeah, and there are a lot of podcasts out there that don't sound so good, let's yeah. just say. Well, thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thanks really so much. to be here. Where do you see – somebody asked me recently – Who's going to be listening or watching your network? And I said, anybody who wants to learn anything about cannabis can go on and find from one of our partners. You know, uh, the West Coast, obviously, is a far more mature market than the East Coast, Massachusetts being the first uh, legal state. What demographic group, what in our world, in the public, where do you see the most growth? And I'm I'm going to just throw out a couple of ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, First timers, um, geriatrics. the stigma of the stoner and stereotype still is following along the whole thing. We all battle that on almost on a daily basis. Anytime you bring it up, you know you're going to get that pushback. Yeah, sure. yeah. So where do you see the growth in using medical cannabis? Yeah. Where, it, what, what folks can use this the most and who will baby get the boomers. most? Benefit? Yeah, it's the baby, baby boomers. boomers. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm familiar with that yeah. group. <laughs> it's a, I think the baby boomers. Yeah, it's our aging population. You know, as you age, you get a little more creaks and, you know, and they're they're just giving those those pills and they don't want to be on opiates, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, as we drive this, you know, part of what we're doing is an anti-stigma campaign, essentially. And, you know, as we make this information more available and the education gets out there, I think people are going to be more and more apt to, to at least give it a shot. You know? it, it just bothers me that there's no public service announcements in traditional media. I've been harping on this mm-hmm. since day one. Yeah. And going back to acreage, you know, right. like that, taking that leadership is really incredible. 
um, and and having that information and, and you know I think baby boomers are and it's in that acreage commercial you know yeah uh, and veterans um, but the you know I, I feel like older populations are going to be really important but what's important about those uh, groups when you're talking about medical cannabis is the delivery the dosage what's acceptable what's comfortable what's going to be uh, what it, what is a dab rig for a twenty year old is definitely not a dab rig for grandma. I mean, yeah. low torch isn't really going to work. <laughs> so, but having appropriate medical delivery I'm devices. Sorry. I'm sorry, I just flashed back to my experience at the Freedom Rally. Uh, yeah. where I lost my virginity uh, with the dab, the dab rig. Yeah. By the way, that video is also available. On website. Yeah, I'd love to see it. It's, all, it oh, it's most watched video actually on the right? website. That's so hilarious. Right now, I'm watch Jimmy fall Jimmy down. Jimmy does a dab. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, it was you get my point, right? Right. I mean, no. It's, it's well, a, it's you mentioned dosing. Yeah. It, what you do and what you do and what I do is going to be completely different. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I know people that are in their 20s and 30s that are taking 50 to 100 milligrams a day and functioning. Yeah. Which is unbelievable to me. Of cannabis? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I bet Steve, Steve takes like over 250. Yeah, I mean, people yeah, he's need a big guy. high-dose yeah. high edibles. This is also something that we testify around and why in the medical program you'll be able to get higher dose of edibles rather than adult use, which is the five milligram limits. Right. But it's really very important. And tolerance, back to the story you told before, that kid, he was using cannabis and his tolerance was going up, so he's using more cannabis. His mother got upset thinking he's addicted to another substance, but in in effect, you know. So that five milligrams is not always going to be that five milligram even for me. And and then also like a specific cultivar, what, Blue Dream, the... May not work for you, but it works for me. That that's that's how complex. I have complex some of that in it. my drawer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. The yeah. first time I tasted it was in California visiting. It's a plants. nice one. I admit, you know, I'm an open book on this show, folks. <laughs> I, I just admit everything. But um, it, it, there's more effective strains than others for different uh, sure. ailments and what have you. And um, I have Absolutely. a dear friend um, who just opened up a dispensary in Bridgewater, West Bridgewater, mm-hmm. Alternative Compassion Solutions. Oh, mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And, yeah. and Steve Werther is the president okay. and, and runs it over there. And they have taken a very interesting approach to the medicinal side of things where they're actually telling you, um, categorizing the different strains, not by name, right. but by, look, this is going to relax you. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is going to stimulate you. This is going to help you with your anxiety, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I think, a very smart way to do it. Now, granted, our sponsors at Revolutionary Clinics do the same thing with their people, but they do it differently. Yes. Um, uh, so I guess you mentioned something about uh, CBD and hemp. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about hemp for a second because sure. uh, the Farm Act passed in December mm-hmm. and I looked at that and said, you know, mm-hmm. this is probably a bigger deal than you think. Yeah. Okay. Much bigger. Because it is a, you'll be able to look at a cannabis plant, okay, that looks exactly like another cannabis plant. Mm-hmm. One has the THC and one has under 0.3% THC. Mm-hmm. But you brought up the fact that you really need a little bit more than that 0.3 to make that CBD most effective. Is that correct? Correct, Correct. yeah. So are you concerned about how many products are out there that are saying, we've got industrial hemp and CBD, this is a magic cure? So, no, I mean, well, yes, I am, because they're not regulated, but (laughs) I want to underscore that there is value in CBD alone, and so having just a CBD with a low THC, there is some value in it. Mm -hmm. It's just um, not as going to have the biggest bang for the buck. But, again, um, you know, uh, I am concerned about 
about the um, snake oil. Yes. Mm-hmm. At our last event last year, basically all the CBD products on the market that are not regulated and you know sold in either a gas station or this or that. Um, but wait, 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 hang on a second. There are a lot of stores. You can get this product and get it online. Right. And you can get it everywhere. When you say not regulated, how do you know? Like, I, there's certain strands. I know the uh, Rick Simpson oil mm-hmm. is one, and uh, Charlotte's Web is another. Right, so so there are those. There's yep. those major brands, and yep, then there's yep, yep. a lot of other brands that yep. are no name brands. Yep. And I'm 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 not advo- I'm just saying that they're at the at our last event in uh, 2018. One of our uh, from Triple M actually dispensary mm-hmm. in Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to their one in Mashpee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of their experts presented. He did a secret shopper study of like all the <clears throat> different types of CBD and hemp in Massachusetts. Even just purchasing all different. Mm-hmm. Name brands or no names, yeah, and then had them tested, and then compared what was on their labels compared to the test results, and majority of them, like fifty percent of them, didn't even have CBD in it, mm-hmm. and then others had yep. mislabeled and warnings, and so you just really don't know consistency. You know, you don't so are they regulating? Are they too concerned about the cannabis? Uh, product they should be about CBD at this point. I mean, help me out with this because I don't understand why in the world if we're putting all these regulations on cannabis, right? We're not putting them on the the one component of the plant that is the anti-inflammatory component. Well, it's a separate plant structure, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. Well, but they look the same, don't yeah, they? They do, but yeah. they're different. But yes. They are well, I call I yeah. call hemp impotent. Yeah, I I, I think um, more importantly from then. For, for me, in my opinion, uh, then the CBD extraction from hemp is what you what we can what we can get out of that plant is more on the textile level, on the building, the construction material level. Um, you know, you can produce fuel, uh, plastic. Mitch McConnell signed the bill with yeah. a hemp pen, yeah. which I thought was tremendously oh, symbolic. Great. You know, oh, that's great. There's, I was on bad. news dabs. I just yeah. 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 keep that's plugging awesome. myself. I'm yeah. a self-promoter in case yeah. you haven't figured yeah, that that's out. Good. It's good. It's <laughs> you think that you think the cannabis industry is going to be big? I think the, the hemp industry is going to be more like the trillion dollar industry yeah. when you're talking construction materials. Like you have hempcrete, which is has an R30 value and it's uh, fire resistant and mold resistant. So like, why God. are we not building with these yeah. materials? Right. Yeah. And I th- what is going the problem right now is the lack of biomass. So as as I think it personally can save the small farm in America. So if we if we if we allow these small farmers to grow hemp and we can collectively use that biomass, then I think we would you know we can really make change. Well, the, the South is filled with tobacco farmers right. who've been struggling for a long time, and that you know why I think he's Kentucky Republican yeah, from Kentucky, um, kind of led the way on this for his constituents, which is great. You know yeah. I talk about this all the time. You know, for a long time we took democracy, you know, for granted. It was just, hey, no, it's the United States. We're the greatest country in the world. We're, you know, we're a democracy, right? And now you're really seeing it work. Yeah. You're seeing it at the grassroots level, Mm -hmm. literally, because um, people want change. Mm -hmm. They've been around it enough in their lifetime, and now there's plenty of education out there. Mm -hmm. And it's 61% of Americans, according to the Pew Research Group uh, in, in November 18 study, said we should legalize this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a that's a big number. It's a big number, right? It's a very and, big number. You're seeing, um, you know, like Constellation, which is all alcohol, they're moving into the space. Mm-hmm. Um, they just invest in Canopy, and then you have uh, Marlboro just jumped in with like a 1.8 billion dollars into uh, a large. It's, it's like, you know, <laughs> right. well, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna. 
revive those industries that have taken such a hit because of the dangers of smoking. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we certainly understand that. Oh, and by the way, nicotine, one of the most addictive drugs ever, mm -hmm. you know, is part of that whole thing. That's mm -hmm. true. You know, and it, there's anybody who's gone through a caffeine withdrawal, by the way, and mm -hmm. you know, we tend to drink more coffee than any other nation or something like sure. that. Yeah. Knows it, it can affect you. Oh, yeah, I've been through a throw. Yeah, well, I've been, I stopped for 10 years. Yeah, I didn't have any. I mean, did I, did I miss headaches in the beginning? It. Maybe, yeah, yeah, but I mean, there it wasn't, it was fine. Yeah. Besides, I was raising a child, so it was you know, I had my brain was pretty active, let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the CBD thing must concern you a yeah. little bit about the non testing of it and the products that are out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think there's so much value in CBD and having, and there are certain products that are good that are out there. And I'm, um, I don't think I just I think that when you buy CBD, you should just make sure you look at the label and really trust the product and do your research around it and make sure that it's a good product because I just know that there's a lot of snake oil type products out there, um, and you know supporting your local farmer, your local CBD, or your local um, cannabis tincture. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, person or manufacturer or wherever you're going to get that in your local is is better. Know yeah. your source. Know your source, basically. Yeah, just know your source. Right. Know your source. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just like the old days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had to exactly. kind of know your source. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That and there had to be a trust, right? right? And, yeah. And I want to get into the gray market for in yeah. a second, but but it is that's the whole point of legalization mm -hmm. and yeah. and medicinal marijuana programs is to know the source, know exactly what it's going to do, where it was grown, how it was grown, what seed, did it come from the blue dream seed mm -hmm. or whatever that you can track. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously that's the what, why you put the regulations in place. Mm -hmm. yep. I will say that the what I got out of the uh, discussion last night is some of the regulations and stipulations for the medical um, dispensaries mm -hmm. are ridiculously meticulous. Yeah, and onerous. And very onerous, mm -hmm. a little too onerous. Is it because, it, you know, as a parent or as a teacher, you always, at the beginning of any relationship, you set your parameters out there mm -hmm. as, you know, this is it. You know, you be strict and firm and look, this is where we're going to draw the line. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then as the evolution continues, you can soften it up. Mm -hmm. Do you see that happening in this industry after four or five years, ten years of it? I mean, I think what I see is it becoming more evidence-based and best practices, mm -hmm. uh, especially here in Massachusetts. At least that's what we advocate for. So um, looking at regularly, re-looking at regulations and seeing whether or not they're making an impact. Are they cost-effective? Are they worth it? You know, is this onerous energy, you know, cap, you know, what is that, what is that going to look like? So, and I think they seem to be committed every year to reviewing those things and hearing from industry because there's no reason to have over regulation. I mean, and it's pretty regulated here. I mean, Massachusetts highly, in general is extremely regulated. Highly, 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 highly yeah. regulated. So it would be a, a behoove to them and to the industry to review that every year and say and have a call for comments. They they do a lot of public open public testimony. Maybe one good idea to open public testimony and say what are those cost prohibitive things or you know just for industry. And right. I, I think you'll see legislation be put into place every year that there's available. To to you know, by like the the dispensary owners association, they you know they they want things to move in certain directions, and then also from you know the local 
um, piece from the social equity side of things. I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, we want to see lower barriers to entry for um, small business specifically. And, and that overregulation, it just stomps out people that don't have access to large amounts of capital. Yeah. And we all know that there is a social policy initiative as part of question four and the law. Yep. The realities, though, um, have been very slow to develop, although I do hear some programs are starting. I believe there was a meeting this past week in the city of Boston about that. there was. And we're actually, um, we're really excited because C3RN was uh, selected as a qualified training vendor for the Cannabis Control Commission Social Equity Program. Excellent. Yeah, I'm really excited in October of last year, and we have a meeting on Monday to learn our next steps. Um, But the state um, has already opened, so they've dedicated a lot of, Uh, time and resources for technical assistance training, developing support systems for those economic empowerment businesses, also for social equity applicants, um, to really have meaningful access into the industry. Um, I think it has been slow. 123 companies have applied for the economic empowerment license. Only four have gotten through. That's unacceptable. And we see big business just rolling in, and it's really hard for small business. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know that we're really excited to be a part of the state's training program, but really want to also continue to think about how we can, as C3RN, continue to help these economic empowerment applicants have a leg up to succeed. Um, You know, it's really hard when... You're at the town, and you've got five groups at the table, and the, it's 100 millions all the way down. Mm. And, um, you know, we found that some of our data and information has actually helped our dispensary partners um, and our, pre- our study um, get through their community host agreement process. So mm. we're really, you know, excited and interested to, to really work to figure out ways how we can leverage this information to help those economic empowerment yeah. applicants. In the Weeds is a podcast produced at the studios of Little Park Media in Wellesley, Massachusetts for the listening enjoyment of our audience. None of the opinions or advice on this program should be considered medical advice or a substitute for seeing a certified medical marijuana practitioner or your local physician. All opinions and thoughts on this show do not necessarily represent the management of CLNS Media Group or Little Park Media.